0: Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, Shining Time Station, Railway Series, etc. I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we're back with the third of four Shining Time Station commentaries that we're bringing to you this week. Uh, This week is the 28th anniversary of season... of the start of season three of Shining Time Station. And uh, we're trying to march that by doing commentaries of the first four episodes uh, if you've been listening for the last two days uh, we already did Becky Mates a wish as well as steamers alone and so now we're on to the third episode which is bully for mr conductor uh, so i think we should just jump right into it and so if you have that pulled up this is one of uh, all all of the first four episodes are one of the our are, are, are episodes that were available on vhs and so if you have either that or it is available elsewhere go ahead and press play now. Uh, and this was the of the episodes of Shining and Station that are out there, this is one of the few that I'm most familiar with. I said the same thing about Steamer alone. Um, but that's because my birth dad had this episode on VHS, and whenever I was over at his house, I would watch it regularly. So. And it's the first time, at least in season three, I mean, we're only three episodes in, but it's the first time in season three that Mr. Conductor gets mentioned in the title, which would, much like with Schemer, uh there would be a lot of, a lot more episodes in season three with Mr. Conductor's name in the title.
1: Yes, including one that we actually have done a commentary on, Mr. Conductor's 4th of July. Exactly. Uh
0: so now this is interesting in that we're three episodes in, but we've only seen uh, so far two of the kids. We now have an episode with Becky, and well, this is the second episode with. Uh, well, sorry, okay, three episodes in, we have Becky and we have Dan, but no Kara. So that's yeah, and I wonder why that was. Uh, who knows. I I mean, I have to wonder if Erica Luttrell just wasn't available immediately for the Shining Time or uh, because when we were doing the first two, we had kind of wondered if maybe they were easing us in with the three kids. But like I said, three episodes in now and still only two kids. So. We also don't have Billy in this episode.
1: Hmm. Yeah, this is a a very quiet opening. It is. For this uh, very talky. Yes. With no real humor, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) That is unfortunate, yes. It's interesting. It's an interesting setup for an episode, though, to have... An episode without Stacy as well. I mean, mostly without Stacy. Obviously, she appears at the very beginning, and it's been quite a long time since I've watched that, but I think she appears again at the end. But for the most part, after this scene or another scene or two, Stacy's absent for most of the episode. So uh, it's kind of interesting to not only not have Stacy, but to have J.B. King in for most of
1: the episode. Yeah, this is certainly probably the absolutely the most screen time that Mart Holes would ever got in any episode.
0: Yeah, I would say so.
1: They loved, um they loved writing f- I guess it was really the only organic way to get other children into the show was for them to be family members of the people who worked at the station or townspeople or, or whatever, uh, because otherwise there really would be no natural way for the kids to just be there. Right. Um, so it works out that you know it's uh, um, uh, JB King's nephew, or whether it is Harry's uh, granddaughter, or um, you know, it, it, and and so on. Right.
0: The The only chid that that we know of that's not related to anybody is Becky, and she's, as soon as she's introduced, we, you know, they explain that she's here because she's one of Chara's good friends. So, yeah. It is an interesting idea that to uh, to be a main part of the show, you have to be related to one of the adults
1: and this is fun that he's on the prowl for Mr. Conductor. <laughs> it is
0: which which really to some degree happens every time he comes to shine in time after the final episode of season one. Uh, I mean, of course, that's his impetus for letting the shining time stay open. But I, it's but now that he has basically free reign of the station for the day, at least he's able to get a deeper look. I I do love uh, Mister Conductor doing all of these things right, right behind him, and of course he never turns around, so he's unlikely to actually see him. So, there are a few times that he gets close throughout seasons two and three, but not very. And here we have the introduction of our guest character, Irid Lasner as Buster. And man, I hated this kid when I was little.
1: Can't blame you there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I mean obviously he's designed to be hated because he's a bully, so
1: yeah, and um Glasner was Canadian, um mm. and uh big big surprise there. <laughs> um but uh I not I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. Me either. Apparently
0: that that pen he was using to try to draw on the mural is a Mr. Sketch pen. Uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with Mr. Sketch, but you know, that's a little interesting tidbit for anyone out there who might be. But really, When you think about it, none of these kids have really gone on to be in much. I think Erica Luttrell has the most on-screen appearances post-Shining Time of any of these kids.
1: Right. And as I said before, Jason Walliner, he um, uh, became a director. Right. And uh, and directed uh, Borat's subsequent movie film recently. Right. Um, of note but um move behind the camera as many child actors do actually that's quite common yes um, child actors decide they they would they often find the behind the camera aspect of it much more fascinating partly probably because some of the magic is taken out of the front in front of the camera uh, portion of the business when you're a kid so you feel a bit deflated but seeing what's behind the camera it I think still retains some of that magic and makes it desirable yeah that makes a lot of sense
0: now that hat that buster's wearing i don't i i know it's not the same type of hat but it reminds me a lot of the well i i say a lot it it sort of reminds me of the beanie that judge had Jones wears in, uh, in Riverdale or the Archie Tom, it's
1: uh... I was thinking the exact same thing. (laughs)
0: Nice. It's just similar style. Uh, It's a little bit big, -er, but, uh,
1: you know, yeah, this is a, this is a very talky episode. It is. There's a, well, it's, it's all about and quiet. There's no background music, really. It's just, it's very odd. I wonder why they chose to do this. I mean, I suppose that limited cast and uh, and everything is definitely a budget saver. But
0: yeah, this is pretty much a bottle episode.
1: The, almost, yeah. I mean, I mean, technically, a lot of shining time is is bottle because they don't really have many other sets. But well, yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. In terms of the very. Pretty simple setup here.
0: But it it is a talky episode, mostly because, you know, it deals with bullying. And uh at least in the way that Buster does it, bullying is a very uh it it, it I I don't know obviously they didn't want to get physical, or at least not very physical, but outside of being physical and uh, there's not really a way a great way to show bullying. That's not super talkative, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's just not. Um, not to, not, I mean, not to criticize Ira Glassner. I mean, he's, he's a, a kid actor. It's he's fine. fine. <laughs> just it, The style of bullying and the style of acting is, it, just like everything in Shining Time is a bit heightened. It's a bit theatrical. It's a bit old-fashioned in a way. Well, Cartoony yeah. almost. Um, so it's a, a little bit silly, but. Yeah. But <laughs> this is funny, Schemer, wrenching the nickel out of Dan's hand. Yep. kind of amazing actually how much the episode just all of a sudden gets a a wonderful uh breath of fresh air when schemer pops in
0: oh it does it does though i mean that's that's why brian connor that's why brian o'connor gets additional writing credit for most of uh it seems like a lot of these episodes is he is a breath of fresh air, and it's funny that he's scared of <laughs> of Buster. I I found that highly amusing as a kid. Um, that that Buster is able to intimidate even Steamer. Then again, Steamer also thinks that the station is haunted, so. So we have our one and only jukebox song, and uh, it's called Jamaican Farewell. Nice little song. It is. Again, Tito, and uh, really most of them with the fun hats.
1: Now, Strick. Yeah, I'm not really sure what this has to do with the episode. but Me either. Well, I, it doesn't, because they say they want to play something that they want to play. But it's just kind of funny. <laughs> uh,
0: and and really, though, when you think about it, the last three episodes, the jukebox's song hasn't really had anything to do with the story itself. I mean, Salido Lindo was part of Becky Mates a Wish, and... Polly Doodle is part of
1: steamers alone
0: and I'm not really sure what either of them has to do with their episodes
1: no true and what kind of makes that interesting is that you could they theoretically could just place whatever jukebox sequence they wanted in each episode right so you know they say oh well this one needs this kind of sound this one needs this energy you know they could just insert it in. But this one's fun because it has quite a few props um, with the sun, with the uh, moving eyes, and then, of course, the boat going across the the water. Definitely um, the Flexitune gang uh, really using their charming style in a great way. Oh, definitely. And I, honestly, I think that's part of,
0: one of the nice things about the Duke Papa Band, is that with a few exceptions, they really do kind of do their own thing. Now, there are, of course, some episodes where Uh, The song fits the theme, you know, obviously, in the first one, it's I've been working on the railroad in, you know, in Tis a Gift, obviously, they do Christmas songs. And then in the in the specials, they do seem to be more tuned to the theme of the episode. But those are, you know, the one hour specials, they're more drawn out. There are a few other examples, I can't think of them all offhand. But, you know, there's, there's a few, but for the most part, they do just seem to have, you know, we need this sort of feel and then they go with a song that has a certain type of feel to it, so. It's interesting though, for as tight a ship as J.B. King runs, it, and, and I know obviously if he realized it sooner, where would the story be? But for as tight a ship as JBT King usually runs that he doesn't realize what Buster's up to earlier. Obviously one could argue that Busters did it hiding it, but the kid's at most eight years old. I mean, how how good is he is he gonna
1: be really? I like uh Mr. Conductor in the Sherlock Holmes outfit here. That's great. It's quite late actually in the episode. I mean we are about halfway through. Right. And uh still no Thomas episode yet. Whereas in uh you know particularly becky makes a wish it was like first four minutes something like
0: that yeah it was definitely within the first four minutes in becky makes a wish and it was uh it was a good halfway through the episode in steamers alone but you're right here we're just about i think we've now passed the halfway mark just and uh well, we're coming up on the Thomas story, I think, if I remember the episode
1: correctly. Like I said, that's been a long time since. Yeah, season. definitely has to be. Yeah, it's interesting too that it was right after the commercial break. So, um, or the the act break.
0: The act break, yeah.
1: Um, I guess it would be a commercial
0: break <laughs> if you were watching the Nick Junior version, because obviously PBS didn't do commercial breaks, but um, Nick Junior does. So. And I know that certain episodes, I don't know if this one specifically was, but I know certain episodes were re-aired on the Jr. in the run-up to Thomas and the Magic Railroad. So, yes. I can only assume that that would have been where the commercial break would have taken place. So. And we're in our our one Thomas episode, or one Thomas story, rather, of the episode. And it's a fairly decent one it's bulgy
1: yes um uh definitely a fairly decent one we uh and uh you can hear our commentary on this episode one of our earlier uh season three thomas commentary episodes uh but uh yeah this one fits the story of this obviously quite well so it it does quite nicely
0: it does yes
1: as opposed to Percy James in the fruitful <laughs> day, which was not quite uh, not quite such a locked fit as I would say uh all at sea was for Becky makes a wish, and this was for bully for Mr. Conductor
0: right I mean this really does fit as well because of the whole antagonist and I, used, you know, you can draw comparisons between Buster in the Shining Time parts of it and Bulgy in the Thomas story. Uh there's, you know, a lot of comparisons that should be drawn there. So yeah, uh, I
1: think it's it. they they managed to to fit this one in pretty pretty well. Yeah. And it feels earned too. I I guess that's the problem with some of the sometimes putting the Thomas episode early. And I don't feel this way necessarily about Becky makes a wish, but uh, I feel that it, the placement of the Thomas story has to be earned right. in the Shining Time episode because it has to be at such a point that the kids have to turn to Mr. Conductor and have to have this story that then they'll say, oh, well, you know, right, as they do.
0: Well, yeah, that and that makes a lot of sense, you know, I mean, because, well, that was the original premise of Shining Time is that, you know, um, A situation happens at the station. The kids try to work it out themselves. That makes the situation even worse. They turn to uh, Mister Conductor. He tells them a Thomas story. They resolve the issue based on what they heard in that Thomas story.
1: All in a neat and tidy twenty-eight minutes.
0: (laughs) It's that approximately. (laughs) Give or take. Now, we'll get into this at a later time, uh, but when the first ha- several handfuls of episodes were put onto VHS in season three, the season three episodes were put onto VHS, um, they included a short at the end called "Steamer Presents. And uh, I, I don't recall much about the one from Steamers alone, but this, the one that accompanies this episode, I remember quite... Quite well, uh, be- mostly because it does feature uh, Buster as well. And so it was, uh, they didn't do that very much with the shorts that the episode, or sorry, that the character of the episode, um, at least the guest characters, wouldn't often appear in Steamer Presents, but on this one occasion they did. But as I said, we'll get into uh, more detail about that uh, because we would do eventually plan to do uh, Steamer Presents as its own separate
1: episode. Yeah. yes um the, and the um becky makes a wish the that vhs had how to clean your room right was the schemer presents and that also just had becky so interesting that that kind of carried along a, a sort of continuity really uh from from the episode becky makes a wish so yeah uh still no none of the other kids
0: right The the one that I was referring to earlier is, I believe, How to Share. And it featured, like I said, it featured Buster. It also features Steamy, who is not in this episode. So that was interesting as well, I thought, I felt. With what you were saying earlier about the Thomas episode needing to be earned in episodes of Shining Time, I, I definitely agree. And in in this one in particular, and this sort of ties into what we were talking about in our previous commentary about how the episodes feel different in the context of Shining Time Station, is that watching Bulgy as an episode is one thing. Watching Bulgy as part of Bully for Mister. Conductor is another thing entirely. So,
1: yeah, absolutely, and it. it... What's also interesting too is that we go straight from a Thomas episode, minor, tiny, quick transition, and then we're back into another segment that has nothing to. I mean, I mean, it has to do with the story, but I mean, it's not the humans, um, right? So it's it's interesting that they kind of this episode feels a little padded at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a bit. They
1: uh, they needed to fill up. The this is in. an interesting song, though. Interesting footage for sure.
0: It is, and this was actually, uh, growing up, my favorite part of the episode. I quite enjoyed uh, this. I I normally am not a huge fan of the Picture Machine or the Magic Bubble. Some of the Magic Bubble stuff is nice, uh, but the stuff from the Picture Machine, the Magic Bubble, and the Anything Tunnel never really did all that much for me, except for um, this one, Tis a Gift, and the Thanksgiving episode. Those three had great... uh, you know uh, vintage footage i feel um this one this one in particular is a favorite of mine
1: yeah it's interesting to imagine that all of these things are just hanging around in the nickelodeon all all of these shorts and everything right uh it's, it's a funny idea it is Because I mean, at least in the first episode, in a place unlike any other, when they look into the Nickelodeon, it's a, it's one, you know, it's a consistent music video, right? You know, so it's kind of uh, interesting.
0: Whereas this appears to be cobbled together bits of from two or, I would say, probably two or three different animated shorts.
1: Yes. Yeah, and they're always in kind of crappy quality, and because uh, they're public domain. Or at least very cheap to license, but I believe most of them were in the public domain. Right, uh, really old, out of print cartoons, but it, it works. It does. But like I said, the the song is fine. Oh it's yeah, it's kind of a it's a very odd tone for a shining time. It is. And it's also just funny that this episode is called Bully for Mr. Conductor, even though that's not really what out.
0: I wouldn't say Dan is the one who gets bullied more than anybody. Yeah, yeah but they, they did
1: that sometimes. I mean, just including Mr. Conductor in the title, just to have him in the title, uh, feels a little silly. Because but... right. almost every single episode of Season 3 had a name in it. Other than Mysterious it's Stranger it. and um, How Station Got Its Name and uh, maybe... Maybe one or two others, but almost all. of them. That's were. actually a good point. Stacy, Becky, Dan, or Mister Doctor or uh, Billy, yeah. um, right. Billy's Runaway Train. I don't think Kara ever got an episode uh, with her name. Uh, not at all. And Dan only had maybe which one is very two, but right. And I, I think which Becky, is very interesting. Becky's only one is Becky makes a wish. I think.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But of course, as I was saying earlier, though, what?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I had probably the most throughout the season, anyway. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. As a kid, I really liked this scene where Dan finally stands up for himself.
1: Yeah. It's funny, too, that they chose to dress him in denim in this episode. So almost like the Cowboys in that short. I I wonder if that was slightly intentional.
0: I, If, if it wasn't, it's a very big coincidence. So I have to, I have to imagine that it must have been. I always wanted one of those ice cream cones when I was younger. It looked really good. Well they look they looked they looked really good, I should say. Now they look kinda of fake. <laughs> but Love that he... And Buster finally...
1: I was saying, I love that he wipes off the bottom of the ice cream cone with his tie.
0: <laughs> Me too. So, yeah. It's... it's great that Buster finally gets, gets his thumb up, and, and it's great that J.B. Tain realizes that he was wrong as well. That's, like, you know, good of him to admit. So... Because most of the time, J.B. King, obviously not as an adult, but as a kid, J.B. King can come off as kind of intimidating at times. At least early on, I suppose he could. As, as, the, as the show went on, he became less intimidating because of his ongoing search for Mr. Conductor.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been nice, I think, if like finally he would have um, been able to see Mr. Conductor and that little chat.
0: Hmm. I have to wonder if there had ever been, uh, if if Brit's original idea for a Shining Time Station movie had gone forward, I have to wonder if that would have been something that happened. Yeah. An element. Uh you know, J King finally finding Mr. Conductor.
1: Well when he was kidnapped by those circus people.
0: Right. That's right. Too bad we missed out on that, Jim. So that was Bully for Mr. Uh yeah. <laughs> so that was Bully for Mr. Conductor. Uh a decent episode, uh if somewhat dialogue heavy. Uh, you know, it was very clearly to cut on costs, I would say, in that most of the time that's not spent on either Thomas the Jukebox or the NA- or the picture machine is spent mostly with two people talking with very minimal background music. Like I said, it's not a bad episode, and it's one that I remember fondly, at least.
1: Yeah, it's an okay episode. It's not my... Uh... I would say of these four, it's probably uh, that we'll be discussing that we've already discussed two of, and then we will be uh, talking about uh, Stacy cleans up here uh, on our next episode. But um, this is probably my least favorite of those uh, four.
0: And that's totally understandable because it's, it's surrounded by three others that are, you know, pretty good for shining time station quality. So but yes, uh so that was that. Um you can this has been our commentary on Bully for Mr. Victor, as I said. Um so you can find us all sorts of places. Uh you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh Spotify or many other podcasting platforms, and of course our home is Anchor. Uh, give us some feedback either via a rating on one of those podcasting platforms. I know at least Apple and Google podcasts both have, uh, you can give us ratings and reviews and such as that. Uh, But if you want to give us some feedback, send us a message on either Facebook, facebook.com slash talking Thomas pod or Twitter at talking Thomas one. Let us know what your thoughts on this episode were um and until tomorrow when we review the final of the first four episodes of of season three of shining time station we'll see you next time have a good day